Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. This episode of On Deck with Stancy is brought to you by Podmetrics. Whether you're a rookie at podcasting or a veteran or a super expert or somebody who's just doing it for fun since we have a little bit more extra time now that we're all stuck at home, you can actually use Podmetrics to know so much more about your show and who you're able to reach. You can get information like who's listening, where they are, what their profiles are like, even their listening habits. Podmetrics can take care of all of that and more so you can focus on creating better content. You can even integrate Podmetrics with Facebook and YouTube so you can get more data from your live streams. So if you're a podcaster or you want to start your own podcast, go check out podmetrics.co. Once again, that is podmetrics.co and sign up for free. So whether you've got hundreds of episodes under your belt or you're trying to figure out how to get from episode 1 to episodes 2, 3, 4, 100, 150, and beyond, Podmetrics can help you get to know your show and your listeners that much better. You can check it out today and sign up at podmetrics.co. Once again, that's podmetrics.co. And you can use my referral code ONDECK, that's O-N-D-E-C-K, just one word, and you can get a head start into the wonderful world of Podmetrics. Welcome to On Deck with Stan C. This podcast is produced by Podcast Network Asia. On this podcast, I tell the real stories behind the real people behind the mic. And this week on the podcast, I've got part two of my interview with John Hendricks of Campus Radio 97.1. He shares a lot of the really good stories on this week's episode, including his worst interview ever with an artist that he's been a fan of for a very long time, an interview with Eli Buendia at a time when a lot of people didn't even want to come near Eli Buendia. Remember that? Not a lot of people do. And he also tells me about where he was on the dark, dark day that Campus Radio said goodbye forever. All of those stories and more are on deck. But before we get to part two of my interview with John Hendricks, let me tell you about our friends from Mr. Speedy. See, in the time of the pandemic when we're all stuck at home and you need to give something to your relatives or your family members or your loved ones or your friends like groceries, gifts, or food items, you're looking for an affordable same-day delivery service. Thankfully, Mr. Speedy's same-day delivery rate is as affordable as ever with their 5 pesos per kilometer rate. You want to hear something more exciting? They've got a special offer for you because you're a listener of On Deck. So get this, you can get 50 pesos off when you place your first delivery with Mr. Speedy when you use my promo code, Mr. Speedy Stan. 
That's M-R-S-P-E-E-D-Y-S-T-A-N, Mr. Speedy Stan. You can book a delivery through their website, mrspeedy.ph, or you can download the Mr. Speedy app off the Apple App Store, Google Play, and Huawei Mobile Gallery. This offer is available for Metro Manila, nearby provinces, and Cebu, so use my promo code now. That's Mr. Speedy Stan, M-R-S-P-E-E-D-Y-S-T-A-N. Now, it's been a very eventful week all around the world, especially given the result of the U.S. elections. And the biggest question for us Pinoy's is, tayo rin ba? Can we have that same triumph come 2022? And really, the only answer I can tell you is we can if we vote. We can if we're part of the election process. So just like the way that American celebrities and influencers have been telling people to go out and register, I'm going to try to do the same thing even though I am no celebrity by any means. So please go ahead, go to your nearest Comelec office, please register, please be a voter. If you move to a new address or change your name or if you're a first-time voter, the Comelec satellite offices will be open from Monday to Thursday during office hours. So go ahead and check out VotePilipinas.com. They've got all of the information you need. It's all condensed over there so you can go to your nearest Comelec office and have a hassle-free registration process. Go ahead and register to vote. You never know, this election in 2022 could very well be the most important in our lifetime. So go ahead and register and have a voice. All right, now that that's settled, it's time for me to get to part two of my interview with John Hendricks because he is on deck. What was the highlight of your run on campus? Well, um, there are lots of really nice things that happened on campus, really. Well, one of one of the things that I'll never forget is that I had the the opportunity to to interview people, uh, to interview, to get to know, uh, interview to interview artists, because these are the creators. You know, I mean, without 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 these guys, you've got you've got no product to play. You know, I mean, we always uh, I always thought that uh, the show was it's not about. It's not about the jock on board. We're, we're, you're dealing with very valuable stuff. You're dealing with uh, with pieces of art, you know, uh, created by these these songwriters, these singers, these performers. And uh, it goes very deep. You take it for granted. You hear a song, you think it's a finished product. It's a whole very very uh, very uh, long process that uh, goes into creating this song. Long or short process. It's still fascinating. Uh, either way. But the opportunity to pick the minds of, of the people who created these songs, that was, that was, that was great. You know, I, I, I was the biggest beneficiary of, uh, of those opportunities because I, I love I to interview these guys. These are highly creative, in many cases, highly intelligent. A lot of them had a native intelligence, but all of them had this, this, uh, this, uh, this talent, you know, this ability to create uh, music, and uh, that that was one of the things that I am very thankful for. It taught me a lot about uh, about uh, the different personalities, uh, about the thought processes that that uh, that go into creating creating what we listen to on radio. So yeah, lots of lots of really great interviews. I, I love I love that that aspect of 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 the sh- of of, uh, of the work. Does an interview stand out, or like does a particular guest come to mind, like someone oh, yeah. who really made uh, a mark on you? Right. Um, well, I'm a big fan of Sting. 
And I got the opportunity to inter interview the guy face to face. Wow. And uh, yeah, the reason why the reason why it stands out to me is because it was the worst interview of my life. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, shit that I got dude. That I got. Wow, man. I mean, I said I I was complete I was completely unprepared. I was young. I was like in my 20s. I was in my early 20s and I was I was completely unprepared. All, all I knew is, oh my god, I'm going to meet Sting. I'm going to meet Sting. So I we went to Shang and he had a concert uh, a day later, but uh, the press cons were, were being the press con was being held, and we were given the opportunity to do one on one with him. So Fred James, um, our station manager, sent me because he knew that I was a big Sting fan. Uh, even then, I went in and I interviewed him, interviewed him, and such stupid questions like, "Do you miss your family?" <laughs> 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 so the guy was in a the guy was very gracious. And uh, he answered all these questions, but I remember this is like a what a stupid bunch of questions, you know, completely unprepared. I didn't want to, you know, uh, how are you finding the Philippines? <sighs> What's your favorite Filipino Something, food? You know, some shit like that. You know, some completely, <laughs> some completely inept, you know, uh, line of questioning, you know. Uh, but I was, you know, the, I, I remember that. I, I thank, I thank Campus Radio for the opportunity. I did get. You know, while everyone was asking for like the, the regular autograph, I'm, I was lucky. I, I had my wits about me. I told, I asked Sting, I, I whipped out a piece of, of, of bond paper and I asked him, write any line from any song that you've ever written. And he did. He, he, wrote, he wrote down a line called, uh, uh, woke up in my clothes, uh, clothes again this morning. It's from a song called Shadows in the Rain. And he says one day that's going to be his epitaph. So... I woke up okay. in my clothes again this morning. So a little bit of dark humor there. He wrote that down. Uh -huh. <laughs> he wrote that down, and I, I, I had, I had, I had the autograph framed. It's still in my office, you know. Uh, it's still in my office. So yeah, there. But that, that was a great. In well, that was a great, not so great interview. <laughs> with, a, mm -hmm. with I mean, yeah, it's a story we're yeah, telling yeah. many years he's, later. He's a hero of mine, great songwriter, and uh, he's the measure. You know, I mean, for me. How does a song measure up against something that Sting would write? You know, and that used to be the way that I, that I would, I would uh, appraise a song uh, before. One really, really great interview I remember was uh, we had a show on Campus Radio. It was called Other People's Music. I remember this. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It was called Other People's Music, and we would play other people's uh -huh. music on the show. Uh, so I was very lucky to have done it. This, you know, I was, I was very lucky to have been given the opportunity to do it because it was very, it, 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 it stood out like a sore thumb on, on a station like Campus Radio. So we had to put it at a time when, you know, not, not too many people were listening. But we were also about putting content on the air, you know, meaningful content. So we needed to do, uh, well, I, I thought we, we should do an interview with artists. And since we want to pick the, the minds of these artists, what better way, since they're musical artists, to ask them what songs they listen right. to. And so not only would we ask them what songs they listen to, we would play them too, you know, at great risk. Because a lot of the songs were off the format. Yeah, you know? not mainstream, not uh, pop. Not, not, yeah, not mainstream, not pop. One of, one, one of the interviews that I remember was with Howie Severino. He came over to the station and then he, um, he, he brought the CD that he had bought in Paris. And we played it. It was music of uh, the Highland tribes uh, in, 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 our, in, our, uh, in the Cordilleras, Cordillera region. 
these were from like uh, ancient tribe, Filipino tribes. Yeah, IPs I mean, talaga. Even before Filipinos were called Filipinos, those tribes were there already. So, yeah, so talaga, uh, the, he, th- these recordings were made in the early, in the early 20s. Some anthropologists had gone up. Oh, I, I'm not sure. 60s, I'm sorry. In the 50s and 60s, some anthropologists had gone up to study the tribes uh, in, in, in that region. And they recorded the tribal music. And uh, this music, there's no form of notation. They passed this down by rote. Mm-hmm. Okay, music that's, you know, uh, hundreds of years old. Goodness knows. Passed down from one generation to the next. And some European anthropologists had, had caught this on tape. And the uh, recordings were in, in Paris, in France. And see, see how we had taken back the recordings. And we played them on the air. And the song was about six, seven minutes long. I knew that, oh my God, the audience is going to be tuning out. But this was something that we needed to do. Because right. when else are you going to hear music from our ancestors? You know, that's not tinged with anything, no influence from from Western modern about music. It, yeah. There's no influence from Chinese. There's no influence from Spanish. Yeah, there's nothing. And there it was being played on the air on, on, the, on the native instruments. Because, uh, thanks to Howie Severino. And that was something that I realized this is something really that we need to do because a lot of people might not be able to relate to it. But there's someone out there who's listening who can appreciate the heritage and the history of, uh, of, of, of uh, Filipino music. This isn't even Filipino music in the, in the strictest right. sense of the word because there was no Philippines at the time. You know, it hadn't been named yet. So this music ex- existed outside of Mozart, outside of rock and roll, you know, outside of... They created their own music up there in, in, in the mountain region of, of the Philippines before it was called the Philippines. And it was being recorded. And we don't have any record of that. It's not in any of the Philippine libraries. It's not. How we had to take it back from Faris. So that was great being able to play that. Yeah. So that was one, that was one of the things. Eli Buendia is a great interview. Eli Buendia is a, a difficult interview. He's, he's reticent. You know, he's reticent. He doesn't talk very much. Man of few words. But if you're able to, you know, if you're able to ask him the right questions, then he'll open up and he'll, he'll give you... I think what he does is that he, he sort of like, you know, tests the waters first and sees whether or not he's going to waste brain cells on, <laughs> on dumbass questions. And he shouldn't. I remember we interviewed Ellie. We were the first one. Other People's Music was the first and Campus Radio was the first station to interview Eli Buendia after the breakup of the Eraserhead. And nobody remembers this. Nobody remembers it anymore because Eli, Eli has gotten back on his feet again and he's enjoying the status okay. of being, being the leader of the Eraserheads. But at that time, I think this is around 2001, nobody remembers. Eli was treated like yeah. anathema. You know? he, was, he was ostracized because uh, it was made to look as if he had broken up the heads, that he had quit. It was an internal misunderstanding, and and you know passions were running high. But uh, end of this, uh, you know, cut a long story short, he was out of the heads. Yeah. And when when he was when he when he left the heads, or when when he was no longer with the heads, nobody wanted to touch him. Everyone was going because Ellie's got you know he's got uh, he's got a you know he, he's 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 uh, he's got a I wouldn't say that he's like warm and fuzzy type of guy you know he's very kind of very stoic very serious uh personality can be very intimidating 
uh, Eli Bandia. And for right. good reason. Yes, yes. You know, he's every uh, every right to be that. That's that's Eli Bandia. Even before they became the heads, he was already like that. So I, I asked my station manager, I had to ask him, is it all right if we interview Eli? And he goes, what? He's, Eli was considered by everyone at that time, fresh after the breakup of the heads. He, he was a has-been. People wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole. Wow. You know, so I said, no, he's Eli Bandia. He, we owe it to him. You know, it's, uh, he wrote these songs. You know, he wrote all these songs they, 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 that, that have given, you know, depth and meaning to an entire generation. So I, I don't, you know, I don't really much care. Let's get him on the show, you know and give him a voice. So late on a Saturday night, you know, I reached out to Ellie and he came over with his, with his, with his son, Eon, you know, Eon was a big boy now, you know, he came over uh, and, and his former partner and we bought, uh, you know, I asked, well, anything that you like, you know, and that's treated him like a guest. And so he asked for tropical hot hamburger. So we sent someone to buy some hamburgers <laughs> from tropical hot. And yeah, and then uh, it was a very insightful interview. It was very sobering, very sobering interview for Eli Bandia at that time. And so I, after the show, uh, the customary, uh, hi, you go into the recording booth. Hi, I'm Eli Bandia. You're listening to Camp. You're listening to Camp to other people's music. I took aside his uh, manager, see Day. Her name Day. You might have met Day. Her name's Day Kabuhat. She's one of the most loyal and one of the most reliable. Uh, uh, managers of, of Eli Bandia. And I, I told Day, I told her, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, uh, if you need support for Eli Bandia and his band. At the time, he was forming a band called the Mongols. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't Pupil yet. It was still the Mongols. So if, if, if Eli's got anything that he needs to play, if the Mongols, then Campus Radio will play it. That was our commitment to, to Eli Bandia. And so yeah, when the Mongols came out with their with their hit, we were we were the only ones playing it on the air. Yeah, you know, I remember I heard people came. first from Campus yeah. Radio. Yeah, yeah. Dulun and Dila. Yeah, so when 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 pupil when he when when it became pupil, then we were continue uh, we continued to play uh, his music. When we would have events, we would invite Ellie over to our events because no one no one would touch him. He was he was like the guy who messed up the heads at that time. Nobody remembers it. You know, it's easy, it's been buried by you know by by uh, by by time. You know, by the sands of time. But there was a time when Ellie was anathema, and uh, so it's good to see him where he is right now. You know, you know, he's he's the senior. He's the, what's 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 the word called? He's the um, he's, he's the, a living uh, legend at this point. Yeah, he's the elder statesman of of a musical, of of the music industry, uh, Ellie Bandia. So it's good, but that's. Other people's music in campus radio gave us the opportunity, you know, to uh, to help out in a way. When Ellie was at his one of his lowest points, and we were there, you know, uh, playing his music. Still, it was a, it was a big responsibility. We took it seriously, uh, supporting the, the the scene, the local scene, the artists, even the ones that weren't popular, like Ellie at the time. Hard to imagine, but yeah, I think that was a good decision. Yeah, that that's uh, I didn't see that story coming, and <laughs> you're right when you say that uh, people forget that time. I certainly don't remember that time because I yeah. just remember the racer heads breaking up and the big like, oh my pupil na. 
yeah, so th- yeah. That, that's a blind spot in my music history yeah. i guess before people were there was the mongols right uh, yes yeah thanks for reminding that. me about them that was like two, that was like 2001 or so you probably still in grade school to save years so far i yeah, was you know. i was <laughs> so yeah. um speaking of uh, of history um i want to pivot to a bit of a darker time um hmm. yeah. Feb- february 14 2007 that was the day campus <laughs> radio died You remember, yeah. Yes, because I was such a diehard, and it really broke my heart when I tuned in on Valentine's Day that year, only yeah. to find out that my favorite station was gone. So, where yeah. were you on that dark day? We were right there. We were right there, Stan. I mean, uh, we we had been told, uh, I think, a few a few days before that the station would change format. Uh, this change happened Blitzkrieg, you know, Blitzkrieg. That's that's the way that upper management in in you know where we used to work. That's that's the way they like to do it. You know, they're gonna uh, actually. I don't want to single out uh, just campus radio. I think that's the way it's done in the industry. I think one of the more uh, you know the the cleverer uh, people in management think it's better not to let people know when you're gonna drop a bomb on them, right? So yeah, it was Blitzkrieg. They told us a few days before. We actually announced it during the UP fair. Okay. Uh, this is our final goodbye. Uh, we can't tell you exactly why, but you know uh, things are going to change from here on in because we were campus radio and we were supporting the UP Fair. We would uh, we would put the UP Fair seven nights of the UP Fair, six nights of the UP Fair on the air every day on campus radio. You could hear it. Uh, so on February 13, I think we we said Happy Valentine's, but you know this is this is it. You know. People were going, what the hell are they talking about? And we couldn't say, because the next morning, the music would have changed, and I had to, you know, I had to change. Uh, we had to change our names, we had to change our personas, and so yeah, we we uh, we we changed format from pop to masa. So from mm-hmm. campus radio, it became barangay, barangay LS, which it still is right now. Yeah, which it which it still is right now. Uh, so yeah, that was the. That that was what uh, what happened uh, back then in 2007. Uh, so you stuck around for the Masa run. We stuck around for a year. We thought we thought that uh, you know we thought that it would be you know let, let's see what we can do about it. You know, it, on my part, I was thinking I don't know how to do anything else. You know, this is I was young. I said I'm I'm a broadcast announcer. Okay, let's see what we can do. So I was trying to you know. I thought, okay, fine. We have a different market, so maybe we can apply what we did in campus radio to this massa market. Yeah, and uh, you know, let's see if we can make it more. You know, if we can uplift uh, the audience. You know, if we can, but it's 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 a different ball game, really, because you're talking to different uh, to different um, uh, to different uh, to different people. They're no, they're no longer students. You know they uh, enjoy different things. So yeah, we 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 definitely we definitely did our best. Um, but yeah, the decision was made. It was it was more of a sales a sales decision than anything else mm-hmm. uh, to to change to change the format. But it not it wasn't as if campus radio at the time was doing bad. Campus radio at the time was doing very very well. As a matter of fact, we were the number one pop music station in Metro Manila at the time, and that was. That was our sub. Uh, that was our tagline. It was the, we're the number one pop music station in Metro Manila, and uh, at the time, I was, you know, we were. I, I would talk with Tony Tony because we were working together on some projects, 
from Magic, and he was new. He had just come in from Canada, I think, or the States. He come and he was starting work already at, at Magic, and he was going. You know, we can't we can't figure out how to beat you guys. You know, so you talk like that. We're very very straightforward, uh, very forthright with each other. We don't know how to beat Campus Radio. What what are we supposed to do? You know, you can't uh-huh. you can't get to number one. Campus Radio was, I think, at that point, I think we were like number three or four in the ratings overall. Overall, and the three or four stations above us were Masa stations. Yeah. You know, they, they were Masa stations. Of course, Masa is like, wow, Masa, the, the biggest market that you could want. Uh, Love was number one, uh, Masa, and we were number one, Pop. So, yeah, uh, we were doing very, very well. You know, we were making, for sales, we were making uh, quite a hefty sum because of our equity with, you know, we had lots of, we had lots of, uh, we had lots of sponsors coming in you know, and uh, lots of sponsors were supporting us. And so we were doing very well. But I think that uh, management want to, wanted to go up against Love Radio, which is making, you know, uh, a little bit more money yeah. than Campus Radio. And so, yeah, that, that was the, the, the decision was made to, to change format. But I think there was very little foresight when they did that because as a new Masa station... It's like one day you decide you want to become a boxer and your opponent is Manny Pacquiao. Right. So that was the case. Is that we were, we were lightweights, <laughs> uh, newbies in Massa. And so we, we got eaten alive. You know? I, mean, I think uh, sales-wise, it, it took... It took a while before you know we got back to the earning power of the campus radio format because we were up against established established uh, competition already. A lot of the sales that was going to go to campus radio uh, from a big sponsor, and uh, I won't I won't mention the name of the sponsor, but the amount yeah, is, sure. the amount was about thirty million bucks. Jesus. Yeah, for the year. The year was just starting. It was about it was February. Yeah. So they were about to release their budget. Yeah, thirty million bucks was going to go to 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 Campus Radio uh, because we were the number one pop music station, and uh, we turned Massa on February fourteenth. And I get a call from the client. They go, "What's happening to your station? It's, it's Massa." So yeah, we, we we were we were told not to tell. So big surprise for everyone, including the sponsors. And they said, "You know that thirty million can't go to you anymore because we already have a masa format that we're giving that budget to and that's love so without you know without doing anything magic which was the number 2 pop music station at the time 30 million pesos dropped into their laps damn without yeah without uh, without uh, without them moving a muscle moving a finger they didn't even they they didn't even know this. They didn't they didn't even know that. So in 2007 everyone from Magic at the end of the year went to Hong Kong. And uh, in the meantime, the station that we had transformed into was making, you know, very very little. You know. Yeah, because with every reform it's like you're starting from scratch. Yeah, that's correct. So, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if it was the right decision. It was not our decision to make. We're the, we're the soldiers. Uh, we're the troopers. And so, yeah, we did what we, did what we needed to do uh, to the best of our ability 
So yeah, it's still about uplifting the audience uh, and putting on a good show. Yeah, so yeah, be professional about it. But uh, we, we really, you know, we were really very, you know, disappointed about the change in format because Campus Radio had a lot of equity, had a lot of had a lot of followers. Sayang. Yeah, that that's how I describe it to uh, the student DJs who would end up spending time with me. Like I would be like, oh yeah, I listened to Campus Radio growing up, which was magic before there was magic. Mm. And I guess hearing that story from you kind of um, corroborates that account because I used to think na bias ko lang yun as a campus yeah. radio fan. But I guess hearing from the inside gives it a whole different layer to it. You mentioned that you tried out the Masa yeah. format for a year. So what was your name? And uh, how did you change your on-air persona? Oh, well, uh, my name, the, the name that we chose, uh, everyone changed their names. They had to change the name. I changed my name to Johnny Baby. <laughs> <laughs> I changed my name to a forgettable Johnny Baby is what I changed my name to. And, you know, we would talk Tagalog and, you know, Taglish and all that. Was and, it hard uh, for yeah, you? Not really. Not, not, not really. Because, you know, um, we would skip into, you know, Tagalog and English and Tagalog and Taglish, you know, and you can sound really, you know, you can sound ridiculously masa if you, if you want to. So, yeah, we, we did it, but I guess it wasn't really, it didn't come naturally. You really had... A learning curve, but uh, yeah, we, we did our best. Uh, we did it for a year. We did it for a year before uh, before management decided to let us go. <laughs> yeah. So, John, were you part of the Campus Radio reboot when they moved to ninety nine point five RT? I want to get into all of that, but before you do, let me tell you first about why today is just so important. It's the day I've been waiting for because today is Lazada's biggest one-day sale before we head into the Christmas rush. That's right, it's 11-11. In fact, I've been checking out a lot of items since midnight and I just can't stop because of all the low prices they've been offering. Seriously, there's no better way and no better day to shop your heart out. And here's a tip from one online shopper to another. Don't forget to collect your free shipping vouchers before checking out. In fact, you can use my voucher PNA 1111 LAS upon checkout. That's PNA 1111 LAZ, PNA 1111 LAS to enjoy 111 pesos off on your first Lazada purchase. And here's another link I'll throw at you. You can actually use your online shopping to help support On Deck by going to tinyurl.com slash On Deck X Lazada 1111. That's tinyurl.com slash On Deck xlazada1111 Again, tinyurl.com slash ondeckxlazada1111 It'll take you straight to the site or to the app and from there when you check out and that item eventually gets delivered to your doorstep a small percentage of that will go to Podcast Network Asia and to me to help keep the show running. So once again, you can support On Deck by using my promo code PNA1111LAZ and by going to the site or to the app using my affiliate link tinyurl.com slash ondeckxlazada1111. It's the biggest one-day sale. It's 11-11, baby! All right, it's time to get back to my conversation with John Hendricks. So between that time that you guys left Campus Radio and then Campus being revived on RT, how long was that? And were you immediately part of that uh, reboot? Oh, yeah. We were, we were, we were part of the reboot. Uh, Trigger Man was the one who led the way. And so, you know, a, a couple of months after, after leaving uh, Campus Radio, uh, after leaving GMA, yeah, uh, RT, um, RT took us in, 99.5, uh, RT took us in. 
And so, yeah, we worked with, uh, at that time, I think it was Bernie, Bernie Buenaceda. He, he used to be the big, uh, the big cheese over at, uh, no, over at uh, the, Vera, the Vera Group station. So, yeah, he took us in because it, it, it was a profitable, profitable format. So, yeah, that was a big thing uh, going into RT. It only lasted for three months, though. <laughs> yeah, why didn't it last long? Uh, well, change is, uh, change is difficult, you know. Uh, change is difficult for anyone. And RT had a bit of an upscale uh, market, you know. I had an upscale market at the time. It was, very, it was, you know, not exactly the campus radio market. And in any radio station, I'm sure even in yours now, uh, in any station, you've got the programming guys and you've got the sales guys, right? And it's all, all, almost always a tug of war between these two departments. And it's very rare that you've got a smooth <laughs> relationship between, the, yeah, the two departments, yeah. So it's, but the management will always favor sales. That's putting it lightly, yeah. You know, if, if, you, if you own a station, you would favor sales if you're smart because they're the ones who bring in the money and they're the ones who have relationships with the sponsors, right? So no format will fly that uh, doesn't have the blessing of sales. Mm-hmm. We didn't have the blessing of sales at the time. Uh, and so, yeah, it was very easy to, you know, and again, when we were uh, told that uh, Campus Radio was no longer going to work on RT, there, had, there was a lot of work that was already going on behind the scenes to facilitate the, to facilitate the change. <laughs> so, After another change had just been made three yes, months prior. Yes, uh, three months prior. I think that having survived these, uh, these, uh, these, these shameful fiascos, I think, yeah, I think it can, uh, I think it can really uh, do a lot to build your character, to build your character. Yeah. So yeah, it's. Uh, so what did you do afterward? Uh, how do you bounce back from uh, leaving GMA and then having that three-month cup of coffee at RT? <laughs> um, well, uh, I was already into. We were lear- I, I had learned to do events uh, in Campus Radio, and so after that, uh, I I teamed up with the, the Trigger Man. He took me under his wing, and uh, we worked uh, at his company, and we started doing events and TV shows and stuff. So a lot of the content that that we were producing and coming up with in, in radio, we were transposing into other forms of media. You know, it's really about ideas. It's really about communication. So, uh, yeah, we were able to do that. So he took me under his wing for a while. And later on, I formed my own company. And that's what I, I do uh, still these days. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, uh, media, you know, media stuff, uh, from AVPs to voiceovers. Occasional hosting, you know, that's uh, on the side, side gig. Uh, but yeah, I, I, help, I help companies build their brands. Uh, well, activations not so much these days because, you know, of COVID. But uh, yeah, yeah. The, we pivot to digital and there's still, there's still a, lot of, uh, a lot of stuff that can be done. So yeah, that's what I do these days. Um, for our listeners who might not be as familiar with, uh, with your voice, what are the iconic brands or the iconic TV stations or, or uh, presentations, I guess, that you've lent your voice to? Something that they can immediately attach to John Hendricks. Oh, I don't know. Uh, let's see. I think one of, one of my oldest work, works, work, is, uh, is, it's still on radio now. If you listen to DZBB, but this is like the, these are the call, call letters, call signs of an AM station, the GMA AM station. It's called DZBB, Super Radio. Yeah. 
So, so every morning you'll hear my voice going, Super Radio, DZ, Double B, you know, so, so some massa modulation. Holy shit, you that's know, you? And, yeah, that's, that's me. So that's one of the things uh, that, that's still on air. Uh, 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 24 Horas, Mike Enriquez, uh, Investigador, blah, 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 all that. Uh, so I did a bunch. I did, I did a bunch. They still use it. They still use it now uh, because it's, uh, I, I guess they haven't come up uh, with a talent who, who can, you know, who has that modulate. No, I mean, they're, they're pretty good, but the modulation and the, uh, the, the forcefulness of the voice, I think uh, you, can, you can hear the strain. Uh, it's, it, just, it just doesn't work with the vocal, just doesn't work with the vocal cords of some of their talents now. But at that time, yeah, this is something I could do. You can still hear it Yeah, now. yeah. Uh, I mean, when you just uh, did the sample right now, I was like, okay, yeah, I, I get it. I know. <laughs> the DZ double B. I, I did some work on GMA also in dubbing. So, you know, uh, but I was still in radio at the time. And so I would go on, uh, I would go to a studio in Makati and we would dub cartoons, which was a lot of fun, you know. And I, I would be the voice of this character on a, it was in Tagalog though. That's why when we went Masa, Medyo Sanayna. Right. So it was in Tagalog and I would do the voice of this, this anime uh, detective named Kogoro Mori. And he was like, you know. Yeah, from Detective Conan. Yeah, Detective Conan. So I was like the voice of Kogoro Mori. And Conan, ginagawa mo dyan. Blah, 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 whatever, whatever. Yeah, I watched that shit growing up. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in Tagalog. It was in yes. Tagalog. It was Tagalog. Yeah. So yeah, I was like Kogoro Mori. That was a bitch to the voice. Because, uh, <laughs> si Conan, diba? I mean, Conan's character, he's going to, he's going to like knock out Kogoro yes. Mori, right? And so now Conan is now explaining, you know, He's un- he's unraveling the mystery in Kogoro Mori's voice, and that's a lot of that's a lot of copy. Yeah, you know, so pages and pages to read about why you know why this person died or how the criminal pulled this off. So it's done in the voice of Kogoro Mori, and lucky me, I'm the Kogoro Mori Mori voice. So after I do the dubbing, I have to go to I have to go on board at five in the morning. So that was a lot of work, but yeah, you you just find it on 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 YouTube somewhere, you know. Kogoro Mori. Yeah, and, and, and you have voice. to change in character pa, because Kogoro Mori is so different from Conan. Like the way they yeah, talk, yeah, the way that yeah. they verbalize things even. Oh, wow. Right. So, yeah, the dubbing was, the bu- dubbing was very challenging. We did the Powerpuff Girls in Tagalog also. I was like, I was like Mojo Jojo. That was lots of fun. <laughs> you know, he had that, he had that, he had that gruff voice too. It's funny because he would like, he would embellish his, his, his sentences with all sorts of, you know, you'd go round and round describing the same yeah, thing. Yeah, typical cartoonish uh, villain. In different ways, yeah. So see Mojo, Mojo Jojo. Yeah, so it, it was fun. We, those, those are the things that we, that we did. These days, you know, I'll do voiceovers for AVPs. Uh, I, do, I do VOs for, you know, for, for clients and Ortigas and Lazada, you know. Uh, Watson's. It, it, they'll, they'll give me a call every so often. They'll send me a script and I'll... I'll just voice it over. Now you can record from home and just send over the uh, the uh, the raw file, and and then we're good. You know. Uh, do you ever miss radio? Because I, I I know that it was a big deal when you were announced as part of the neo retro lineup, but I'm not sure if oh, yeah. I, I'm not sure yeah. if you're still there. So oh, well, um, the thing about neo retro was yeah, um, I I was talking uh, Triggerman and the mole. Uh, they came over to me. Uh, they, they they reached out to me, and we had several meetings before neo retro launched earlier this year and I was I owe those guys I owe those guys a lot so I mean they got me started in, in radio they're my mentors you know so um, 
it was a debt of gratitude I owed to them, you know, to help them start up Neo Retro. So, you know, I, I designed the logo, I, we, we, we threshed out the playlist, and uh, we, we, we started off building the brand. Uh, and then COVID struck, right? COVID struck. It was fun. We, the, the station is in, Anoa, it's in uh, Silver City. Yes. In Chende, mm-hmm. in Chende Citas. So they're there. It's, it's, it's a great radio sh- uh, station. I love the format. It's awesome. You know, it's, it's got bagay na bagay sa because this is our generation, 80s and 90s. And uh, the two Ks also, so a bit of the two Ks, um, and then they're mixing it up with some of the current stuff, which is a bit far and kind of off. But uh, well, you know, um, that's what the owners want, so that's what you'll do. You know, I mean, I was saying the customer is always right, but not always correct, and I think that's one of the <laughs> that is uh, that's one of those instances. Yeah. So yeah. So in any case, the the format is is great, and uh, I loved going on. I loved seeing. Trigger Man and, and the Mole again, and even the bug is on there. Uh, it's a really cool format. But after COVID uh, struck, I had to, you know, I had to spend more time concentrating on on the business. And as you know, going to a radio station and go, it takes up half a day. Yeah. It takes up half a day. So I would be, I, I, I would wake up at three in the morning because I was on at six in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then I would go there. I'd be there at four. I'd prepare my playlist. I needed to prepare my playlist. So, uh, uh, there was a, like a program clock and I didn't want to be, you know, rushing things. And I wanted the show to be as cohesive uh, as possible. So I would go there early. I would end at 10. So from 3 o'clock to 10 o'clock in the morning, I'm up seven hours already. Yep. And uh, at that point, my day is just beginning. and I have to have client meetings after that. I have to, you know, I'm a creative director, so I, I have to come up with all sorts of shit. And you can't do that if your brain is, you know, it's mush. Uh, it's just mush. Exactly. You know, um, sometimes you're able to come up with good ideas when your brain is mush. It's just not healthy. So <laughs> you'd rather be, you know, you, 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 you'd rather have, you'd rather be working with all pistons firing. So, uh, yeah, so it, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't, uh, balance it any longer because, uh, a lot more energy had to go into, into making, decisions and coming up with and doing work coming up with work that uh i couldn't do properly uh with 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 the load uh on on radio and this was like every day this was every day i had to beg off i asked permission i asked permission if i if i could you know if i i come back some other day or something and they were they were nice enough to to let me go i felt that you know uh, I, but I did it because I did it because uh, I, I still I still love it, you know. Still on radio. There's still a lot that can be done on radio. Uh, it's it's transformed a bit. I don't know how relevant any of the ideas that we used to apply are now. I mean, I think the market would have to be studied. But I, I think also that basic human nature uh, and what interests a person individually uh, hasn't changed all that much. If, uh, if you can make something mean something to someone, then you establish a connection. And that should be what, uh, not just radio, but uh, any, any form of communication should be about. So, yeah, I think yeah, I listened to radio. That might have been, might have been overlooked uh, these days as, as time goes by, you know. 
As we wind down here, I want to zoom out and ask this question. If for whatever reason, you had to forget your entire radio career and you could only keep one memory or one moment or one story in there, which one would you hold on to and why? Oh man, that's like a, that's like a hard question um, to answer because there's so many things that, uh, that you, that you want to hold on to. I think if there's anything that I want to uh, hang on to, I mean, for the good and the bad, uh, I think it's uh, being able to not forget certain decisions that you make, you know, about dealing with people, you know. Uh, this is not just one, one moment, but it's, it's, uh, it's the same moment actually spread, spread across several years. It's about uh, being idealistic uh, and knowing when not to be too idealistic because you have to deal with people. You know, and uh, I think at, at some points, uh, I may have been very, very, you know, very, very aggressive about my idealism. And I have to watch myself. I learned a lot from that. I learned a lot from that. Um, when I later on uh, got into client servicing and you have, to, you have to deal with all sorts of clients, you have to learn how to keep your mouth shut. That's, that's the one thing a DJ just can't do <laughs> naturally. So as, as a whole, you know, I think one of the most important things that radio has taught me is how to, how to uh, manage uh, people's expectations. Yeah. <laughs> internally, internally, more so because uh, radio is just a platform. You know, I mean, it's just a means. It's just a means of communication. You know, uh, of getting out there. If you lose that means of communication, because the person who provides it, say, the the owner or uh, the company, then you no longer have uh, that platform to send out your message and anything that you thought was of value becomes meaningless because now you can't do it anymore. So that was, you know, that was a, a lot of, a lot of uh, decisions uh, that were made, I think, uh, you know, led to, led inexorably to, to, towards the, uh, towards the outcomes that uh, we now see as history. <laughs> but uh, yeah, one of the best things that I think I've learned that I won't let go of ever yeah. for the bad or the good is um, these decisions. You know, I, I can't allow myself to forget uh, these decisions because I think now I would have handled them in a more diplomatic way, you know, in, uh, in a more sensitive way. Because uh, I think in many ways, I think I was, I was, I was very harsh. You know, I, still, I mean, we have these tendencies. I was very... I was very uh, forthright. I was very headstrong. And so, yeah, but th that's part of, you know, I think you also need that to be able to do stuff like Infopop, to be able to do stuff like OPM, to, you know, um, to be able to push ideas. And th there, was, there was a lot of, there was a lot of, uh, yeah. there was a lot of, uh, uh, there, was, there were lots of people who didn't agree with what we did. They didn't agree at all. You know, and so I think you, you need that still 
but I think it was it was the balance, you know. Apparently, dial it down. I think we went all the way to eleven there. We needed to dial it down a little bit. You learn that as you grow older, and uh, yeah. So I think yeah, th- th- those are the things that radio taught me. These are like life lessons that I carry carry with me to this day. If you ask me if I miss it, yeah, I do. I do. It's a lot of fun, but uh, and I think it it's still could be meaningful, but. Uh, yeah, there are there are other priorities now. There are other priorities now. For our listeners who want to uh, find more of your work or get in touch with you, uh, are you on social media? Can people find you? Because I've always found John Hendricks to be this elusive figure. <laughs> elusive? I'm not really that elusive. This is that uh, you know. I mean, uh, I, I'm I'm not the guy who gets sought out very very much. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I think the elusive, uh, no, I, I think that's more like an illusion, this elusiveness that I have. Uh, but no, I, yeah, I, I can be easily, I have, a, I have a social media, I have, I have Facebook, I have Facebook. My daughter put up an Instagram, oh no, a Twitter account for me, but I don't really, I'm not, I'm not on Twitter. Uh, it's too much information. Uh, <laughs> that you don't need to know. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that I don't need to know. It's, it's just too much, it's just too much to deal with, you know, so. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm mostly on, on Facebook, you know, I'll post something, you know, I like to make fun of politics and stuff, you know, I mean, what else can you do with it? So yeah, yeah I'll, I'll post, you know, something, you know, something funny about politics or something, you know, sh- I'll throw shade at whatever, but uh, yeah, that's as far as it goes. You know, sometimes I'll share some music, but uh, yeah, it's mostly, it's mostly business now uh, coming up with new ideas, serving my clients. Uh, who knows, you know, maybe one of these days, when the right sked comes up and the right, uh, the right uh, format comes up, we might uh, find ourselves back behind the microphone. But uh, right now, you know, that's, that's up in the air. You really have to balance it out, you know. It never, sure. it never really leaves you, Stan. It never really leaves you. It never really leaves you. See, uh, it's in the trigger man, it's in a mole, you know. Uh, they're still there, you know. But they, I'm so happy for them because they found a way back. You know, and they found a way back with their own station. I hope that they're able to, you know, I hope that they're able to, to keep it together and to get their market. And I hope that they, they work well with sales. <laughs> <laughs> what a takeaway. <laughs> yeah, I hope that they work well with sales, you know, because uh, uh, that's a make or break right yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> it's a make or break right there. I hope they work well with sales because you know what? Uh, you'll never be able to get rid of your sales people, man, you know. They'll get rid of you before you can get rid. Before of you them. can get rid of them, they'll get, they'll, get, they'll get rid of your format. You know, is what they're gonna do. They're all they're all they're gonna say is, "Brian, we can't sell this format. You can't. It's a number one format. We can't sell it. You know, there's such a small market for campus. What? Anyway, so even you know stuff like that will fly if it comes from sales. Anyway, that's uh, that's the way it goes. So yeah, work well with your salespeople. They're going to keep you on. I mean, I, I think it's possible. And that's what I mean when I say I wish that I had been able to, to deal with it more diplomatically because there are ways to work with sales. I learned sales myself too, so I can see where they're coming from. Well, uh, this has been a dream interview for me, John. Uh, thank I just got to say thank you again for all the stories, all the stuff you shared. We went way beyond the hour that I asked oh, yeah. for. And I, I just appreciate you being so gracious about it. Thank you so well, much. Thank you very much, Stan. And uh, it was a great interview. Thank you for giving me my first uh, podcast interview. I, I, I've never really done this thing. I hope that I didn't rattle off for 
for too long and bore your bore your audience. I enjoy the hell out of it. So I have nothing to worry about. I think you can like you know snip out a couple of things in in, in post. But uh, but thank you very much for the opportunity. It was very therapeutic for me. It's nice to be on this side of the of the of the microphone. Uh, so so thank you. Very excellent questions. And uh, thank you. And uh, thank you very much for having me, dude. You know more power to you. Thanks also to 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 Kel. Uh, to Marcel uh, for for hooking us up, you know. Uh, yeah, thank you very much. And as a final note, I guess as a as a listener and now as someone in the industry, thank you for everything you've done. Thanks for inspiring me. Thank you for being one of my uh, earliest heroes in the industry. I appreciate everything you've done. No, thank you very much. You know, keep up the great work, and uh, more power to you, man. More power. Maintain this frequency. You know, like they say, always keep at it. Keep at it. Thanks again to John Hendricks for all of those stories and for being very generous with his time right here on deck. And you could hear it in that conversation towards the end, just how thankful I was that I was a listener of him back in the day that I came across Campus Radio 97.1 and I heard his voice and I attended his career talk and how all of that basically changed the trajectory of my life. And pretty much set me up to be where I am today. So without John Hendricks, there definitely would not be any Stan C. And without you, there most definitely will not be on deck. Just got to say thank you once again to everybody who's been downloading the episodes, sharing them, streaming them, letting people know that On Deck exists. And if you want to keep supporting me and the podcast... All you have to do is to use my affiliate links when you do your online shopping today, 11.11, and for the rest of the week. If you're checking out Shopee on 11.11 or for the next seven days, please click my Shopee affiliate link, tinyurl.com slash ondeckxshopee1111. That's tinyurl.com slash ondeckxshopee1111. And every time you click that, you go straight to the site or to the app. And for every item you check out and every item that gets delivered to your doorstep, I get a small percentage out of that to keep the podcast up and running. So again, if you want to support On Deck through your online shopping, just go to tinyurl.com slash ondeckxshopee1111. That's 1111 at the end. And check out from there because your online shopping can most definitely go a long, long way. Now, if you want to keep tabs on the other stuff I'm up to, you can hear me on Wave 89.1 from Monday to Friday, 7 to 10 a.m. That's The Morning Takeover alongside my partner, Debbie Ten. Or you can check out my other podcast, also here on Podcast Network Asia. It's called The Wrestling Wrestling Podcast, which I co-host alongside my friends, Romaran and Chino Liao. This week on the podcast, we're talking to Waki Acosta, one of the OG songwriters and producers of wrestling music here in the Philippines. Some of us refer to him as our local Jim Johnston. Lots of good stories about that. And we're also reviewing this week in wrestling, including AEW Full Gear. That's part of our live wrestling talk every Thursday night at 7pm on Kumu at Wrestling Wrestling Pod and on Facebook.com slash Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. You can also book me for your shoutouts or your birthday greetings or if you want me to teach you how to cut a wrestling promo or if you want to ask me anything, you can do all of that by booking me at shoutout.com. That's S-H-A-W-T-O-U-T dot com, shoutout.com. 
You can book me as an individual or you can book the rest of MSG altogether. Or you can also book my friends Jake DeLeon and Ken Warren. Once again, that's shoutout.com. S-H-A-W-T-O-U-T dot com. And before I get out of here, gotta remind everybody once again to please register to vote. If you're a first-time voter or if you changed addresses or your name, please go to your nearest Comelec office before September of next year and be part of the election process. Please register. Make sure that you let your voices be heard in time for the 2022 national elections. All right? Now it's time to put this episode to bed. Big shout-outs to Babyface producer Nikai Lokanias and Babyface producer Sola and the rest of the podcast network Asia Family for doing a lot of the heavy lifting and allowing us to keep doing what we do best. Make these quality podcasts for you to enjoy. Speaking of quality podcasts, next week right here on deck, I've got another radio legend in Francis Brew, a.k.a. Francis Reyes of The Dawn. He's going to talk to me all about his time at NU107 and about the day when NU said goodbye. I've got the questions, he's got the stories. That's all coming up on the next episode of On Deck. Until then, my name's Stan C saying thank you very much and I hope I've earned the privilege of your time. Oh, and as John Hendricks used to say on air, maintain this frequency. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.